You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing? I don't think Bill can hear the music. I get to hear the music, but I don't think you do. Get a fraction of the experience. Someday I'll tell you about the theme, but welcome. It's We're talking about today uh, the B2B marketing mindset and what, what does that mean and why should we care about having the right mindset as a B2B marketer and how do we define that? Man, I turned that gosh darn music down. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's good to see you. We've been off for a while and uh, we're back. And uh, now you can find us at everywhere podcasts are consumed, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. We're on uh, Amazon, I believe. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two, Pandora. So wherever you dig your podcasts, you can dig this podcast. Um, so anyway, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Good to see you again, and yeah, I missed uh, I missed being on screen with you, but uh, you know, it's been uh, fun times, as they say. Well, we've had a lot of changes, and uh, you know, I'm excited to talk about this topic because it ties into the name of the program, and and that's really how important it really is. So uh, I'm going to attempt to go to some slides and see what happens. Um, and let's just start with the first one. And for our audio-only listeners, attitude is everything. I'll read the slides. So for the video people who are thinking, you don't have to read the slide to me, uh, but, it, but it is for the audio folks. Attitude is everything. Having the right mindset is the difference between success and failure. Um, I think it's that important. Um, and so having the right attitude. Yeah, how absolutely. absolutely. How, how would you describe that attitude? You know, one of the things that's just so important is, you know, there are a lot of organizations that resist wanting to do marketing or even putting themselves in that framework. And so, you know, you and I've talked about this a million times, you know, you've got you've got to get your mind set. So whether you're going to do anything, you know, when you're going to set a goal or do whatever, I mean, even if somebody wanted to lose weight, if they wanted to get in shape or do whatever, you know, yeah, their mind you gotta get your mind right and so mindset can defeat them before they even start and i think some of the the you know it's a broad it's a broad idea we're going to cover a few there's actually a set of mindsets and we'll be covering them over multiple episodes so we've got a few of them yeah. for today but yeah. for example attitude uh looking at marketing as an investment instead of a cost exactly, right? exactly. Uh, exactly. that's just a brain change it doesn't even cost you nothing uh, growing a business is a marathon, not a sprint. You got to be committed. You got to do the work, uh, or expend the resources, or one or the other. That's what that's your choice. Uh, see marketing as an iterative system, not a. <laughs> I always picture a bunch of plates spinning. You know, not individual right. plates, but a whole system of spinning plates. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure. I'm sure you've had. You know, getting back to the attitude for just a second. I'm sure you've had clients, and I know I have, where there's times that you seem to be working harder than they are on their own business. And it's like, in my opinion, having the marketing mindset is saying, if I'm the customer or I'm the organization, I am front and center, it's more important to me. And yes, the other people that I hire like you, Pete, 
you know, or Heidi at Heidi Designs, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure, yeah, that they support what I do, but I'm going to be excited and want to do it. So getting back to your yeah. point about the investment, it's critical. Yeah, well, and you want to be, you know, excited for your client's success. But if you find yourself caring more than they do, um, mm -hmm. that, you know, that's kind of a problem. But having the right attitude, being open to, to change. A lot of, trans if, if you're, you know, trying to transform your marketing, um, it is a, it's a change, a process of change. Um, and people ignore that part of it. So let's go to the next one. Data-driven decision-making. Use your gut, but back it up with data. So no matter what kind of marketing, I think this applies to everything, B to C, B to B, B to G, B to H. Have you heard about the B to H? No, tell me about that. I just saw this the other day. It's business to humans. Oh, wow. Which wow. Makes a good point. You're not selling to a business. You're selling to humans. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't use that term if I were y'all, you know, no. especially if your boss is nearby. Uh, that this I think applies to everything, but we're really it should be driven by the scientific method. That's kind of what that means to me is when when data gets involved, you know, when data gets to the party, it's all about the scientific method. Exactly. You know, and, and I know that there's part of the marketing process that's emotional, you know, and so that some people get excited about it, which we want them to do. We want that emotional appeal. However, a lot of times having the data help you to drive your decisions really helps take the emotion out so it's like okay was this right. was this task that we really did did it bring us the roi that we really needed or wanted i mean i think that that's really key you know really doing some of the data and the other thing that i like about the data pete i don't know about you but doing stuff where i can track it maybe year after year or time after time so maybe we do some and then we check it again next year and we can see where has that needle changed and i think well, that that's just really important well, and here's the thing, a lot of companies that, that may have the data part right, one of the things that we've seen many times is they'll, they're, they're trying to measure so many things that ultimately nothing gets measured or right. their data, whatever it is, didn't originate in any sort of research uh, legitimate way. Uh, right. It was really, maybe it was company lore. You know, maybe a CEO 20 years ago said that customers buy on price and that yeah. became, you know, people's thinking and their mindset when how many times have you done a survey where you were asking about criteria buying criteria how many times was price number one that yeah, hard, hardly hardly ever and if it is then you're a commodity and then in my opinion you're at the end of your life cycle it's getting you're scary in trouble exactly uh, and that's the funny thing and, and that's 30 years of doing these kinds of surveys for you so um and we've done our fair share of them as well and it, for us, I think we're at, I don't think we've ever seen it. We've seen it be number three. Um, right. you know, not to say that it's not important, but if it's your company lore and, you're, and you have this mindset, because this, this almost goes back to attitude, like what's your attitude right. around money, right? Are you underpricing yourself because you don't really value your own services right. that much? Or what's your mindset on that, right? Yeah. Um, but a lot of times what I find too, it, it's usually never one thing. It, it's always... It could be, you know, something that's very unique and something else, or, you know, maybe there's, there's always one or two things that are, that are really important. You know, the other thing that I think is so important on this particular item to be, you know, the data driven is, you know, and, and you and I've talked about this offline so many times, but 
think about what COVID had done to to our country, to the world, but right. think about it from a business standpoint. If you're still, as an organization out there, if you're still doing things the exact same way you were doing it before COVID started, and that's what you're doing, you're in trouble because right. times are changing, things have changed, and you need to measure that to see what's different. You know, and it ain't just the price of gas that's it's changed. Literally, right. like B2B buyers have changed how they buy. Um, and a lot of it is doubling down on stuff they did before, but it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, you got to have some data. Or you're not going to know what is going on here. Yeah, and we could have you and I. Could, you could you and I could have a whole three or four episodes just on this well, because well, it's so important. And we probably will, um, yeah. but not today. Customers. No, no, so the next next slide is customer problems are king. So one of the mindsets is you've got to have a deep understanding of your target customers, what they want, need, and what their pain is. I mean, B2B is all about problem meets solution. Whose problem or what problems do you solve and for whom? Hmm. Whom is the grammatically correct word. Right. What problems do you solve for whom? I, this is one thing I see when people come from other marketing disciplines, B2C, for example. Um, they see that as leading with a negative and it's like no it's because that's what people actually care about M companies don't spend money unless they're in pain right period uh and they got to be in a quite a bit of pain to spend money you know you need more paper clips what do you people think we're made out of money here um so but i think i think the other thing if you and i agree with you some people perceive that as being a negative but it's really not at all i i look at it as what am I going to do to listen to the needs of my customer? And just like you said, what are their needs, their pain points? What are their preferences? What do they want? I mean, even down to right. the how do they want us to communicate with them? I mean, the nuance. There's, there's, exactly. You know. So how do you find out? Yeah, I think you ask. You know, them. Exactly. They, they can't wait to tell you. So um, it, that's that's yeah. why I think this mindset is easy. Uh, you know, your customers want to help you. And uh, you can ask them anything, they'll tell you. And, and they're the actually, I think they're actually complimented when you ask them because they want to help you. And then all of a sudden you become a trusted partner with them. The, the other thing that's really important in that area with regard to getting closer to the customer, they'll help you to be more innovative because maybe a customer will have a need or a pain point that you are able to solve. And maybe it's a new service. And then maybe others have that same thing that you could sell too. So it's really, it opens up a door I think to the future for you. So it's really an exciting topic. I'm sorry to absolutely no, ab absolutely. I just realized that I'm I forgot to wear my jacket. So that I was going to say something, but I thought you know you're just being a hipster today. I'm so just I being cool. It's That's great. all it is. Yeah, you are, you know. So well, you have so many other talents that that most of us don't have. So I mean, you could break out in song. You could play the guitar. Right. You could do that violin behind you. So you I'll know, wear my. I, I'll wear this gold LeMay thing. It looks real nice. Uh, I think that that's great. You know, but, uh, so. The next slide. you got to have a long-term mindset. And now there's more to this than it seems on the surface, right? Got to have a long-term mindset. What are we talking about? We're talking about the, the four legs of, a, of the stool. we got our four-legged stool. And I created that graphic really quick because people would never think about uh, stopping and starting their finance or their operations efforts in a company, but they stop and start their marketing all the time. Like, no, it's an ongoing thing. It's a long-term, it's a, it's a 
marathon, not a sprint. But it also applies to customer relationships, sales cycles. How long is your sales cycle? You know, somebody buying a $10 item, buying cycle is going to look a lot different than it could be seconds. Uh, some companies, it's a year, right? Um, now, there's ways that you can, min you can minimize your sales cycle. A lot, a lot of companies don't know that they have a fair amount of control over their sales cycle. They just mm -hmm. don't know it yet. Uh, marketing. Return on investment. Um, so important. It's, just, it's a long-term game. Uh, yeah. And then even you know, all the way to your exit, right? So long-term mindset. You know, a couple of things that you mentioned that I think are really important. You know, you said don't shut off your operations. You don't shut off your, you know, your your manufacturer. Your, you know, I look at it even from an investment standpoint, and there's probably a lot of people that are, if they're business owners, they're, they're doing some investing. But, you know, it's, it's like you don't time the market. I mean, that's like one of the dumbest things that people can do. You, you put in a certain amount into the market or into your retirement program over time, and then you watch it grow. It's the same thing with marketing. If we tried to time the market, oh, July is slow, so we're not going to do anything. Let's do something in, oh, it looks like things will pick up around, you know, the holidays. I mean, that's just silly. You're going to you're gonna miss some opportunities. So I think, I think that you're really key on that. Or when things are getting tough, I always think of myself, I always think of it this way. I've got a factory running and mm -hmm. my business, you know, we're not selling enough widgets. So what are we going to do? We're going to cut the power to that factory. Right? That makes sense. <laughs> And sometimes this is like, I heard somebody say this. I wish I could give them credit. I don't remember who said it. It's like, like trying to explain water to a fish. Yeah. Let's go to you the know, next mindset. I was oh, just going to mention one more thing on that. You know, with the long-term relationships, you've talked about it with the life cycle and everything else and the value of a customer and the ROI, but building loyalty, you know, that is really important with regard to that long-term relationship because that loyalty will give you referrals and referrals will enhance the word of mouth. So, I mean, it's kind of like a domino effect for great things to happen for the organizations and for the people that are listening. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because so often companies think that they're, they're too focused on trying to bring somebody new in when they could be doing more business with the people that they've either done business with the past or are now. Um, in fact, I had one company that said, well, all of these people we know already well, does that mean they don't count because you know them um, when they've shown high intent to buy your service? Uh, so uh, let me switch it to the slides. What a what a great insight! I think you're you're absolutely right because what you're saying is some of these people aren't probably getting as much business away from their or out of their existing customers or clients as they could. So you're you're right. You know, it's a great way to have them buy from somebody else. Uh, yes. So next slide is know your quintessential uniqueness. That's a good handful right there. That's too, fancy. That's too fancy for me. I don't know what that means, you know? And be able to clearly communicate it to customers. So you were talking about, what were you saying before the program? You said, oh, quality. Yes. So you ask somebody what differentiates so, you. Oh, quality is what we do. Quality. We have the highest quality. Yeah. We have the most amazingest service. Yeah. We are the most high priced that there is. I'm so excited about that. That's right. Well, you know, this is here's a here's a here's a thought experiment for you. Look at your website and try to imagine somebody else's logo on there. 
And then Ooh. ask yourself, does it still make sense and stand up? If it does, you don't have a clear position in the marketplace. You're a commoditized product. And I'm going to bet that you face a lot of price pressure. Hmm. Doubling your price would be out of the question. You know what? A lot of our clients who we work with double their price. One of my clients has a little ad agency and through, through our recommendations and advice, she doubled her price and nobody noticed. It was awesome. But, and they also niched down so they have a quintessential uniqueness. Uh, and often for service companies, maybe it's the way that they do the work or something. But there's always something unique about your business. Your, your business is absolutely unique. You're just not hitting it on the communications front. Right. You just you just hit something important, and and you and I, I we've done a webinar. I know you do. We we've done a webinar on this before, so maybe people can even look at the archives uh, with creating compelling messages. But you're absolutely right on the communication. So it, it's not only understanding what makes us unique. And by the way, I love that analogy of putting somebody else's logo on on our website. You know, I mean that really is 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 profound. But the other thing is, what kind of are you able to clearly articulate those messages? And, and what are the messages that you're going to use? So I think, I think they kind of go hand in hand. Well, but you have to know what the other messages are. So, right. you know, and, and so there are options. So we think of competitors like companies exactly like ours. And, and a lot of people, they, they, they don't see any companies that are exactly precisely like theirs. So they don't think there's any competition. But the right. reality is that customers have options. And so whatever might be an option for whatever it is you're selling is what you're competing against. And so you should yeah. know how, how that company is messaging and what there's, you know, and, and so that you can be different. You know, I, I always ask this question, different from what? If you, have, exactly. if you don't know the competitive landscape, what are you different from? How do you know? It's a relative thing. You know, or like you said, almost look the same thing with an analogy of the website. Is everybody sounding the same? Are you saying the same things? Do you have the same messages as everybody in your industry or the, com you know, the competition? If that's the truth, you're not standing out. So you're not, you're not quintessentially unique. So, well, you know. standing out takes bravery, takes courage. And that's a little bit short these days, I think, and companies are being very safe. The other that practical- goes back to the mindset. A very practical thing is, let's say, and we do webinars on LinkedIn, uh, and I think we have, we're actually going to have a panel discussion coming up, um, and so we'll be announcing that. And, and check out the post. There's some links in there, and there's b2bmarketingmindset.com if you want to see past episodes. Um, but um, I think this idea of uniqueness, people, they don't give it enough weight. Um, and... And it's also can be very hard to kind of figure it out because it also has to be authentic. So right. it has to be something the customer cares about. It has to be authentic. You got to be able to back it up, whatever your uniqueness is. If you say it's quality, you better have the best damn quality ever known to man. Um, no one's going to believe that anyhow, though. And it also <laughs> has to be uh, unique. So it's like it's these three things. So. Um, Anyway, differentiation. I, I was gonna I was gonna ask you a question about that differentiation. Have you ever had a time like when you went into one of your clients, Pete, and maybe you asked the the owners or the people that were in charge, you know, what makes them unique? And then maybe you talk, whether it's casual or regular conversation with some of the employees of that same organization, 
and they say something totally different, you know. So I don't know if that's something that goes under here about being unique too, is being able to have the employees understand and know what it is as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I think most of them would say, in my experience, they have no, they don't even know how to answer the question. Um, oh, really? Uh, and or uh, there's more to it, like if differentiation fits into a, something called a positioning statement. Mm -hmm. So. These companies that aren't differentiated, I see it all the time in security uh, systems, uh, consulting firms, uh, financial advisors, real estate companies. They're, they're just not differentiated. Um, and uh, there's always something that inside that, that you can find that's unique about your company if you know the landscape. Um, and... Uh, if you're in a sea of companies that are the same and you're the different one, you know, or, or a practical application is look at your LinkedIn feed and you're doing these webinars or doing whatever you're doing, to, you know, do your, does your artwork look like all the other artwork? Exactly. Does it just blend in and looks the same as everybody else? I mean, you got to look different, be different, sound different, act different, uh, and make that your authentic thing. You can't fake it. No, you can't fake it. You can't say that you have super duper quality and then be like, yeah, we make Yugos. You know, people don't take that seriously. Yeah. Does the younger generation even know what a Yugo is anymore? Nope. But hey, no. I don't think they're listening to this program. Okay. But hey, you know, I like doing this. We're going to keep doing it. We do this every week at 11 o'clock Central. It's live on LinkedIn. But again, you can subscribe to it on all the major platforms and um i think it's a topic we're going to revisit quite a bit um and we try to bring it in we're actually only at 20 minutes today and we usually we usually go about 30 so um is there anything else you'd like to talk about you're in wisconsin so you know we could talk about cheese i know it's we, a huge we, topic we, there is what i just why does everybody why does everybody think that you know it's it's real interesting because like whatever happened to the bratwurst? I think a lot of people, you know, they they're forgetting the brats. Exactly. It's like, you know, but what Don't makes us get the brats? Yeah. What makes Wisconsin unique? Everybody thinks. Everybody thinks cheese. <laughs> yeah. so, I was. Oh, uh, well, I miss Wisconsin though, but uh, it is. It's it's a fun time, and the weather has been absolutely beautiful. And I know you guys are having like scary heat waves down in, in texas aren't yeah you right that now? makes us unique for us you know what it is it's salsa oh People there you go like oh your salsa oh my goodness that's your big yeah. differentiator no austin has tried to position itself as the music capital of the world as you know yeah. here's right. a little secret for everybody the musicians call it the tip jar capital of the world oh okay because it's just a it's like almost every music scene and every you know major music scene it's just crappy uh, it's economically disastrous for the for the creators, you know, um, and that's a longer story. Are you, that would be fun to tackle the economics of of that. A, because actually, that would be fun. Or, or talk about the competition. Like everybody, at least everybody I hear is like moving to Nashville and doing stuff. So like, what's the difference between Nashville and Austin, or what's the difference between you know? Well, the Nashville, plight of musicians uh, is like a more exaggerated version of what happens to B2B companies because, in essence, a club band or any kind of band, they are on the supply side, you know, and so, and then they're selling to another business, uh, a venue, a, a record label, uh, 
a, a club, a tavern, whatever that is, they're, they're serving a purpose, right? So they're, but everything's exaggerated. So, you know, there's things that go on in the music business that in the normal business world would never, ever fly. Um, you'd be drummed out of town on a rail and have tar and feathers, I think. That's what we do down here. I don't know what they do up there. Probably something to do with brats. Well, you know, and it's interesting because you've you've played up here before, but you know, many, Summerfest many is supposed to be the largest music festival in the country, and you know, it's I know you've played there many times, so I think yeah. that that's that's one of our claims to fame that a lot of people don't realize. I think we were at twelve or thirteen years in a row. Um, were you? But yeah, it's huge. I'd say that's a differentiator. You know, Lake mm -hmm. Michigan is a differentiator. Crime Absolutely. is a differentiator. You got that going for you. Absolutely. Uh, especially yeah. Milwaukee. Right on Milwaukee, though, for being number one. I saw a map recently of crimes, you know, stats. And, of course, I saw my old my old uh, alma mater. Uh, but uh, so what does differentiate your business? What's real? How do you how do you figure out how to differentiate yourself? Like we said, when's the last time you went and looked at companies in your market space that are an alternative to what you sell. When's the last time you just went out and just looked at their shit, like looked at their blog? Exactly. And like, what are they trying to say? You know, we have the best quality and service? Well, that's strange, because that's what we're saying. I really think that that's a good idea for somebody to do. And you know, you talked about a marketing mindset, Pete. I think even just listening to our blog, you know, is kind of like the beginning. So it's, it's hopefully getting somebody to to be convinced, but your so, other idea so, of go and look at some of the other stuff that's out there, I think is another good thing to do. You know? Well, when it comes to watching this blog or listening to it, uh, this podcast, I should say, yes. uh, yeah, I'm sorry. you know, it, it, uh, you have to be tolerant. You just have to be tolerant. Uh, you know, we're not, it's not, we're not professional news people here. We're just doing our but thing. We, but we've each been in business over 30 years and I think we've seen a lot of things and, You've done a lot of research. I've done a lot of research. We've done a lot of different marketing uh, well, that's activities, good. strategies, know, and makes a difference. Somebody told me that at the beginning of the program, we should say, like, who the hell we are and, like, why should I listen to these guys? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think you should go check out the topics of the episodes. Uh, listen for uh, a few, you know, part of a few episodes you could decide for yourself. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, that's why I think we laugh about it so much. It's just the sheer frequency of the madness. Um, and, and we hope in this program to help you avoid it. Um, and statistically, very few people will have made it this far through the video. So if you're still with this video at this point, you are in the upper 2%. So you congratulate yourself on that. Um, oh, that's, that's insulting. I'm hurt. <laughs> you're telling me people are going to tune out. Uh, it's just I'm the way so it is, man. They only so the people like that have stayed the whole website. time, if they've stayed the whole time, we've got to come up with some kind of award or prize. Should, you should them. have a special little thing at the end of the program. Yeah, they they have the marketing mindset. We're going to send out a certificate to anybody that is still <laughs> with us at the end. But you have to at least watch three episodes you, and we'll send you a certificate. Well, no, let's say this. If you, if you hear me saying this right now, make a comment that says Milwaukee. And uh, we'll find something cool to send you. Um, there you go. But uh, I do hear the theme music, I think. No, I don't. I should. There it is. And so uh, off we are until next week. We'll see you. There's that girl talking about the mindset. There we go. We'll see you all next week, 11 o'clock here on LinkedIn. Are you ready to master marketing? Are you ready to master marketing?